welcome to the I Am A Health Visitor podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Amy. And uh, welcome back. We've had a bit of a gap, haven't we, love? <laughs> we have had a bit of a gap. And anyone who think there was a global pandemic or something that had uh, knocked us off our pace? I know, yeah. I don't know what <laughs> we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as you know, we've had a little bit of a gap between uh, episodes. Apologies for that. Mm. Um, but we thought it was about time... Given it's uh, three years this month since we originally launched the podcast, mm. um, we thought it might be good to do another Hello, This Is Us kind of episode. Yeah. Um, especially having had a bit of a gap as well. Yes. Uh, because we know we've got a lot more um, people listening than we had way back in 2017. Yeah. So thank you. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's good to kind of take stock of where we're at and uh, what we want to do going forward isn't it definitely definitely is we thought people might be listening thinking so hang on a minute who are these people and when you listen back to that original introduction episode it was a long time ago wasn't it so it was very yeah. long yes we yes. thought we'll, we'll redo that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um do you want to not start off with the, the who are you <laughs> who are you? <laughs> it's like a Scylla Black, you know, the uh, blind date thing. Yes. What's your name and where'd you come from? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good starting point. Go on then. I'm not going to try and do the accent. Uh, no. I'm really not. Neither. I'm tempted, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Let's just leave that one well alone, I think. Um... But we'll have a Laura Laura laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> See, that's why I'm not doing the accent. Anyway, go, quick. You know that's staying in, don't you, by the way? Oh, lovely, lovely, that's fine. Um, Yeah, so I'm Amy, Um, I am a health visitor. I originally did a degree in psychology, and that's, um, I've got a big interest in that, all of that kind of stuff, so all the infant mental health and attachment stuff um, I'm really interested in, I think probably partly because of that. And then after I did my psychology degree, I spent a bit of time, I run a children's charity in Kenya called Milele, so we spent a bit of time working on that. We launched that, founded it all and started that, Um, and I still run it now in my kind of spare time. And then I did my nursing training, I did children's nursing originally, um, which I absolutely loved, I loved my training, but I always did it with a view to wanting to be a health visitor, so I started the nursing course planning to always do my skiffin after it and um, made the decision to go straight into skiffin from my children's nursing um even though i loved the children's nursing but i still knew even at the end of the course even after having loved it i wanted to do health visiting i'm super passionate about that so then i started my skiffin course yeah so that's what i did <laughs> oh, and that's kind of to go kind of forwards and then backwards but that's how we met it is. Kings. Yeah. So I did my skiffin part time over two years, yes. and so I was seen as the the one who knew what I was doing when yes, you guys came absolutely. along because yeah, I'd already got a year of the course you. done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely knew what I was doing. You I think. definitely um, knew what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm Jenny, as you know, and I um, trained back in sort of. Ah, the 90s as a paediatric <laughs> nurse I did the good old project 2000 and my um special kind of passion I think and interest I very quickly realized and um, once I qualified was children's A&E and really wanted to get down into children's A&E and work in there and I did that 
um, after about perhaps 18 months or so after I qualified, I think. And I spent best part of 10 years, I think just over 10 years, doing children's A&E and absolutely loved it. Um, I still kind of can't watch anything with A&E <laughs> on it without feeling that, that pull and that kind of you know tension as they're worrying about where beds are going to come from and things it's sort of it's really weird kind of not quite PTSD but it definitely <laughs> I feel taken back and I could shut my eyes and be back in our office in the children's A&E again um and kind of I sort of thought I was gonna be there forever really I sort of thought I'd found my spot and I found my place um but becoming a mum myself really changed my point of view and my feelings mm. um I think I am in the, and I know it's a considerable size group of people who've come into health visiting, having possibly not felt like they've had great health visiting experience mm. themselves. Mm. Um, and with my first, I really uh, would come out of clinic in tears, feeling really mm. let down, feeling like I hadn't, I couldn't put my finger on it, but just hadn't had that support I needed and realised that if families had left A&E feeling the way that I was often feeling, mm. I would feel like I'd really not done a good enough job yeah. and felt like I could I, I could possibly do something and not have families feeling that way if I was a health yeah. visitor myself. You felt you could do it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I know. I think it sounds, differently. It, I think I differently exactly rather than better is like where I would aim aim at. And so I um funnily enough when I got back to work there was the call to action and so I kind of quite smoothly in a way managed to plot leaving A and E, going into the community as a staff nurse, which was a big drop. I mean I'd I'd had like a band seven role in right, A and E. Yeah. So it was a big kind of step down. It mm. took a lot of careful consideration. I'm very aware of my the privilege I have to be able to have taken that drop and mm. to be able to to do that mm. um and had my second child and then went back and started doing my health visiting when he was 10 months old Fabulous. and my big passion is infant feeding again relating to a lot of the stuff that I had going on when I had my daughter um and I have done training in the last few years become breastfeeding specialist mm -hmm. and I just last month sat my IBCLC exam and I'm yeah and I'm in a kind of weird place at the moment because we literally a few months ago um moved out of London mm -hmm. um we sort of randomly given so many people are thinking about it now the beginning of the year having ummed and ahed about it for years we we made the big decision to that we were going to move out and so I've had a few months away from health visiting, which has been, I can't lie, really nice. Because um, <laughs> we've been settling into a new area with everything going on with COVID. It seemed really daft to look at getting a new job because I didn't even know if schools would be opening again properly, what yeah. would be happening. Yeah. And it just feels like everything's on tenterhooks at the moment. And yeah. we're just so lucky and and aware that, you know i can take this time out to get mm. everyone settled um <laughs> we have moved into a house where every single wall is yellow so <laughs> i've got a fair bit keeping me busy and with revision for the ibclc as well yeah it kind of it worked out in my favor 
And so I'm now at a bit of a point where I kind of, I would love to get back into health visiting, but really want to look at going into a, an infant feeding role. Mm. At the same time, want to look at doing some breastfeeding support and what shape that takes at the moment, because I know um, sort of in the area I've moved into, it, it's a big unmet need. Yeah. Um, and so it's something which um, I could sort of look at doing. Yeah. Um, but having Exciting. having just revalidated, yeah, well, I revalidated in March. And so then the hours right. I even accrued between March and July mean I can look at having this break. Yeah, but still kind of be looking at dipping back into health visiting, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, and sort of yeah, continuing my registration. Yes, definitely. Oh, that's so exciting. And I can see yeah. paint swatches on the wall behind you. So um, <laughs> yes. you've got plenty on it with the move <laughs> and everything going on. <laughs> Yeah. It's all very exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure once we decide what colour um, for one room at least will be sorted. But um, nice. yeah, you can see there's quite a wide variety. We've not even narrowed there down colours yet. Yeah. <laughs> they look nice though. I mean, they all look lovely together. Maybe well, just go for I'm, like a patch. I'm approach. just wondering. Yeah. I mean, given the size of the tester pots we've got and the volume of tester pots, you could I've do got, that. I could just go for a patchwork. Let yeah. the kids go wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear so but yeah no, so having having met at college um you know what why did we then start this amy how did that happen <laughs> how did that happen well basically we get here <laughs> yeah i know well the thing is um i qualified um, obviously, we qualified at the same time, didn't we? Health visiting went yeah. out into the big wide world, managing caseloads for a first time, newly qualified health visitors, and all of that. Um, and very quickly, within sort of a year or so, I found I was already feeling out of date with what was going on in terms of the evidence base for health visiting. And it occurred to me that we, as health visitors are all supposed to be giving evidence-based advice right and I passionately yeah. believe that that's important if we're not giving evidence-based advice we're just giving advice on our personal opinions and parents usually have plenty of that going on already yeah. they do not need health visitors adding their two pennies worth what they need is actual advice based on the data that we have and the best available yeah. evidence um recent current evidence it's in every job description we're supposed to be giving evidence-based advice but yet, I was really painfully aware that, you know, I'm managing caseload, I've got all the safeguarding on my plate, you know, all the normal pools of health visiting that you have. Exactly when am I supposed to be doing evidence reviews to work out that the advice I'm giving is still up to date? You know, yeah. things are being published all the time and I'm not reading them. I don't have time to read them. I haven't got no. that capacity. And it sort of occurred to me that really there's no mechanism for keeping health visitors up to date with what's happening. Um, no national mechanism. And occasionally trusts will have local ways of doing it, but generally they're not sufficient. I don't think yeah. I've come across one that is, I would say, good enough to make sure that you're covering everything that's coming out and, you know, feeling yeah. confident that your advice is current. Um, mm -hmm. And it's in a really unmet need, to be honest. So yeah. really what we're expecting health visitors to do is sit there in the spare time and do Cochrane reviews. I mean, yeah. really? Are, we, are yeah. we likely to do that? No. And at the same time, I'd done some um, blogging yes. and had sort of been on Twitter quite actively and mm. trying to really raise the profile of health visiting, get it better known what we are and what we do. Yeah. Um, because as we're realising with COVID and everything, public health is a really unrecognised well, thing. <laughs> because it's that thing where when, when public health policy 
goes well, no one notices anything yeah. because nothing happens. Yeah. And so at the moment, it's almost I'm waiting. I mean, and well, I think we were waiting and hoping that there would be a mass outcry of, oh, for goodness sake, why have we had to do all this? Because, hey, nothing happened mm. with COVID. Mm. Um, and it would have been down to a well-managed, well-applied public health policy. Mm. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, we're still in the depths of I was going to say, if only we'd had one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a similar is true of health visiting, in that yes. when health visiting's at its best, it's like I always describe it. We're a bit like those bumpers on the um, on the bowling alley lane, yes, yes. just keeping the ball from drifting off into the lane. Or um, good old Dave Mundy. I couldn't go too far without mentioning Dave. Could no, we? we, we um, hello, if you're listening, Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> um, but he always talks about looking at plugging the hole in the fence mm-hmm. that people are dropping into the river through, mm-hmm. rather than rather than trying to fish people out the river. Yeah plugging that hole in the fence to yeah. stop them it's that preventative um, role that health visitors have yeah. that's so important um and that isn't like you say is not widely known about is not widely understood so when i read your um blog post on the importance of raising the profile and health visiting i thought that really yeah. kind of married up with how i was feeling and um fit with some of the aims that I'd like for this new podcast that I was thinking of starting. Yeah. So I thought, do you know who would be a perfect person? <laughs> who would be the perfect compliment on this podcast? <laughs> Somebody with years of A&E experience and lots of practical knowledge. Oh, let's go and ask her. So then I came to you and was like, oh, Jen, do you want to do some recording with me? You know, dead cash. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. Just a few episodes. Well, let's just see how it goes. And you know, you didn't, I totally did not tell you what you were signing up for. Oh, I was completely excited by the idea. Don't worry, it was a very <laughs> easy uh, decision to make. Um, so, yeah, so how, I mean, Christ, how many episodes have we recorded now? So we are now up to the grand total of 46 episodes. Wow, blimey. Yes. So we covered quite a wide range, and we were thinking when we were talking about doing this, um, we thought we would maybe pick out a couple of our favourites yes. to share with you, to sort of as a kind of bit of a if you don't know what on earth we're doing, we think these are good ones to work out uh-huh. whether you should subscribe or not. Um, yeah, definitely. Although I think it's that thing narrowing it down is really tricky. So um, hard. But one of the first ones I thought of was episode twenty four, which is about um early weaning and whether it really helps babies to sleep mm-hmm. and this got a lot of national press coverage even hit the guardian and things mm-hmm. and seemed to be talking that saying or seemed to be suggesting that this was a, a real miracle cure that starting soft food would really help babies suddenly sleep a lot better yeah and uh, you did one of your amazing deep dives <laughs> through didn't you the research and really amazing. pulled out that actually the, um, the the measures they were using showed really tiny changes and yeah. that actually it had really been overinflated. There's lots of links in the blurb to the original research paper and the article from The Guardian and the NHS article, which I love their Behind the Evidence um, page that they do, which has so much useful stuff around... Yeah. Um, sort of a lot of they pick up a lot of the stories from the national press and really do yes. uh, yeah, yeah. do take it you know um 
And it was from the EAT study originally, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So that was a really good example of one that covered something from the evidence base in quite a practical way. And is also obviously very clinical because, you know, we we cover that issue how many times a week um, in practice. So, um... My other choice is one that I just found so fascinating to do. Um, it was episode 29 we did on paternal mental health mm. and uh, I remember so well that we recorded this at the CPHVA conference yeah, in really Bournemouth and it was with Mark Williams and Dr Andy Mayers and oh my word I mean Mark and Andy are just amazing fabulous yeah fabulous guys and just it was so good we had such a short space of time to record this it was literally just before they went on to do the keynote speech wasn't mm-hmm. it yeah and they were brilliant and just such a lot of thought-provoking stuff and I think you can tell even during the recording there were things that were coming up that we were discussing that I was like wow I've never thought of it like this before but actually Mm. um, it was really dynamic and no such an interesting one such an important topic as well I think especially in Covid in lockdown there's been so much talk about the impact on mums but very little on the impact of dads and like for us when um, through lockdown I was still working my husband was working from home but he was then taking on doing the schooling for the kids Mm. three days a week in amongst his workload which actually sort of pretty much doubled maybe even trebled some weeks during lockdown yeah which was a really stressful thing and yet a lot of the information out there has been for mums again fathers have been really kind of underplayed and it's that stereotypical thing of them seeing that the dads are maybe the ones carrying on going out to work and the mums have been at home when mm. there's a lot of families a lot of key worker families i should think yes, for whom absolutely. the opposite was true yeah yeah and i think um it's that's interesting that you've raised that because you're right that episode suddenly kind of comes into its own um with covid i think it's been um really quite hard on a lot of dads mental health to be honest and it's this role balancing thing that we're asking people to to do and it's role balancing for women as well um but that challenge to your everyday role perhaps for dads um yeah you know for some dads I suppose it's so different for all families but yeah it's a good point that you're making and I love that episode as well it's definitely worth a listen if you haven't listened to that one so what are your ones what do you what would you guide people towards Mm, well I mean look i like arrogantly think we've done loads of really great episodes <laughs> I love loads well, of, of course them. of course um but I particularly I think one one thing is a good example of professional issues that we sometimes cover so we've talked about kind of clinical side we've talked about like um the evidence base a little bit and, and we've had guests on and things that have been really helpful um but one thing that we do also cover on the podcast is like professional issues and things that come yeah. up um, that are relevant for health visitors that are not necessarily based on, um, you know, a research article or anything like that. But it might be more about public policy, um, you know, important changes in health visiting that are going on at a national level. Yeah. And the one I'm thinking of there is that episode that we did with Dave Mundy and the episode yes. title was health visiting a re-endangered species because that was the title of the piece of work that he was doing at the time which was around health visitor numbers um, and trying to build a picture of health visitor numbers in the UK so we talked a lot about the average caseload size you know 
how yeah. and why those things are important and what impact the ever decreasing numbers of health visitors have on the service really, and also on the safety yeah. of children and families that's that episode I thought was really um, definitely and again important. that's something which even in the last few weeks has come up again, again. yeah um and maybe this it's has something got something which... to do with why we're choosing these <laughs> yeah well Dave has been sort of continued to talk about that and there's been such a lot of um, coverage in The Guardian again in mm-hmm. um, sort of over the last few years, even since we recorded that episode, because things haven't improved. And no. actually, especially in light of COVID and things. Yeah. So there's that. And there was a really interesting file on four as well mm. a few weeks back, which I think we'll mention more when we do the COVID episode, mm. um, which I think is possibly be the next one that we drop after Hopefully. this one. Yeah. Um, and yeah so it still covers really relevant things it's well worth a listen to if you're wondering quite how we got to where we are at the moment generally as a health visiting service that's a really useful one and following dave on twitter it's really even though he's moved into more um sort of being professional lead for mental health yeah dave really is aware of and appreciates his health visiting roots and he's still very linked in and very much um sort of continues to fight the fight for health visiting yeah and I think um it gives a really good national picture which I think is often missing because when we're in our day-to-day jobs and our day-to-day work we're all in our little silos aren't we of our trust and what's going on locally for us and I think it can be so powerful actually to see the national picture and also really energizing and give you that kind of fire up like get you all fired up and passionate about wanting to make a change um so that episode is really good for that so i like that one and the other one i mean there's loads of clinical episodes that i really liked um that kind of cover a huge range of things we cover a huge range with clinical side of things don't we um i particularly liked the stammer one i thought that was quite interesting it came out of something that came up in practice for me which i didn't really know how to deal with so i went away and did some reading and for me I think that's an important goal of the podcast really is it should be about we do the reading um, and you know we've reviewed the literature and we've we've looked at what needs to be looked at so that you then as a a health visitor in practice don't have to do all of that reading so we're not all individually having to review the research you know we will do that bit and all you have to do as a health visitor in practice is just listen in. Um, and I think the other the other key thing with the podcast is that we do cover everything from those weekly queries that you get in clinic to things that might you might only see once in your career. Yes, exactly. That huge breadth that we cover, I think, is great. Yeah. So that's good examples of like some of our favourites and example of the kind of things that we would cover. So what do we want the podcast to be moving forward then? So we've now so, both got a little bit more time. Yeah, um, so we're going to return to fortnightly episodes. Yeah. Um, we've really missed doing the fortnightly episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, with everything that was going on the last couple of years for us, mm. we we moved to the, the series, but that just hasn't worked. We need hasn't to keep the out. momentum going for ourselves yeah. as well as for yourselves. Yeah. So we want to be a bit more reliably present and, and keep going with our fortnightly. So we're going back to fortnightly episodes. Um, what we'd really love is to have more ideas from yourselves about what we want to cover, what you're seeing in practice, what you're feeling poorly informed about. Yeah, And great. you can do that via our email, which is iamahealthvisitor at gmail.com. 
via Instagram at IMHV or even via Twitter at IMHV. And obviously we've got the Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sort of taking on the mantle of trying to cover all social media. <laughs> so yeah. I will hopefully be able to uh, to keep track to get us um, up and running. And I do try and I know for some of you who might have um, started following us recently, um, I've had a few messages through from you guys and it's been really lovely to engage with you. Um, I did a Q&A, would you believe, on Instagram the other oh, week. No, for, it was um, Lovely at Dr. Lucy BGP. Um, who is, I think she's up in Glasgow, works a GP and also actually lectures and teaches the new generation of GPs coming through. And um, yeah, she very kindly asked if I would be able to do a, a Q&A. And so we did a lot of really interesting thing. I think there'd been some stuff coming up with her, um, that she'd realised from her followers around centiles. Uh-huh. There was a lot of centile queries. So we've now got, I've say I've made videos, I've saved highlights. I'm doing, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not into reels yet. Um, if anyone's wanting me to do Instagram reels, that will take a little while. I really need to get my head around that. But I have saved highlights of the centiles and videos I did. It'd be really useful um, if you wanted to have a look through them. I'm hoping there's something that will be useful that you can share with families. Um, and you know, if there's anything else like that you'd like me to cover... Um, or even you know, if we if we get up to if we could get up over five hundred followers on Instagram, mm. I might even be tempted to try and do Q and A's for myself on there. I feel like I need to have enough followers where I think that any someone would actually post a question. <laughs> My fear at the moment is that I will put up the Q and A box and oh, no, no one would, would actually. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so, so yeah. yeah, we're kind of um, trying to. Um build up that a little bit i say we the royal we i am so terrible with the stuff this is where jen is the expert specialist person <laughs> on social media i vaguely i don't even recognize the words you're saying insta reels i mean like i'm just thinking of fishing like i literally they're kind of, they're kind of little short videos Right. But they often involve music and very clever Ooh. timing and captions and things. They're yeah. very good. There's been and some amazing snazzy. ones out there and some really good ones around um, PND, mm. around um, breastfeeding and things. But I think I'm yeah. going to have to get my sister to uh, show me a few. She's uh, 16 <laughs> and she's much more abreast these things than I am. Um, so, yeah, um, that's kind of where we're going moving forward. So it'd be great to have some little um, mini episodes that are kind of reviewing a piece of research that's come out perhaps or, you know, something that's current to make sure people feel like they're up to date with what's going on in the world yeah. of research and so they can try and apply some of that to their yeah. practice. We, we've got we've got ideas. We've got... Yeah. Um, we're obviously, as I said, we're going to look at um, some of the issues around COVID and the impact of COVID mm-hmm. next week. Um, we've got the... Um, Babies Born in Lockdown report and the yeah. IHV report that we're going to look at. Yeah. We've also got a couple of episodes in the bag, one with Catherine Stagg, yeah. who's an IBCLC who specialises in um, giving advice on breastfeeding twins and triplets yes. and other multiples. We also, back in the summer, recorded an interview with Rachel Hearson, who mm-hmm. wrote the book Handle with Care, 
and yeah. that was amazing we've held on to that until we were properly up and running but we're going to get that no, out we didn't want it to um, get lost did we in a stream no so we'll, we'll yeah. save it till we're back up um so yeah so that's it's going to be we've got some really exciting episodes coming up and we'd love to hear from you with any other episode suggestions we have a list as long as you are on of topic ideas and things and i'll occasionally just be like you know doing the washing up yeah. and I'll suddenly go we should cover plagiocephaly <laughs> randomly <laughs> yeah obviously that's of often what I think of when washing up yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and then um, I'm like yeah. pull my phone out add it to the notes quickly like let's get that on the list so if you have yeah. anything that you'd like us to add to the list then get in touch yeah we're, we're both on the um sort of the popular health visiting Facebook groups. Yeah. So um, we do sometimes see that there'll be particular issues that come up on there. Draw, and, draw uh, from there. Draw from there, yes. I'm thinking maybe uh, babies pooing and mm-hmm. constipation could be one that we need to look could at come at the up. moment. <laughs> Definitely could come up. Yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, that's who we are, why we started the podcast, what we're roughly doing, and what we want to be doing in the near future. So, anything yeah. else we haven't covered? Hopefully it's useful for everyone. I think that's everything. I think all we need to say is that, obviously, you know, you've, you're listening to this, so you've found us on whatever podcast app you're using. Mm-hmm. If you're on iTunes, then please do um, rate, review and subscribe. Mm-hmm. I think you can also um, review and subscribe on SoundCloud if yep, you're you not of an Apple persuasion. Um, or on any yeah. platform, whatever platform you're using, you can subscribe. And that means that you won't miss an episode, so it'll just yeah. automatically drop onto your phone. And if you uh, if you missed it earlier, we're at I am a HV on Instagram, on Twitter, and I am a health visitor on Facebook and our email address is Iamahealthvisitor at gmail.com. Okay. Work, Jen. Take care in the meantime and we'll speak again soon. Thanks for listening everyone. Bye. Bye.